This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, cool. All right, everybody, welcome to Spear Factor. We're here with uh, local legend, <laughs> Colin Smith. Colin is a former professional surfer and uh, a longtime spear fisherman. Uh, so welcome to the show, Colin. Thank you. All right, bud. So I guess the first question is, could you kind of give us a little bit of background about like where you grew up and how your kind of attachment to the sea began? Mm. Yeah, so my dad was a surfer and then my grandfather, I mean, they, they, he was, that was a long time ago. He was really into, you know, body surfing and stuff. My, my dad, uh, my dad was a, really got into surfing a lot his brother got into surfing and then you know it was my uncle and my uncle ended up becoming a commercial urchin diver oh, and, right. uh, and so he did that for a long time too but what uh, so anyway I started surfing super young and then um, little snorkeling here and there but then I had a I had a pretty big knee injury in about um, I was probably uh, 21 or 20 21 years old and, uh, and that's when I really started to, I couldn't surf because the knee injury was so bad. So I started, I started uh, diving because actually just the movement of the fins and stuff was rehab and helping, helping my knee, you know. And, and then I just kind of fell in love with it. It was just, you know, it's just yeah. kept, yeah, I kept, uh, yeah, going crazy trying to find a halibut and then found my first halibut. And then, and then you know, whatever, just kept, yeah. and I started going out further and further and just looking for more stuff. And. And they're just, you know, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. But yeah, the family spent a lot of time. We've been, uh, uh, you know, a couple generations at least of pretty, pretty involved with the, with playing in the playing the water. I think yeah. actually my, I think my great grandfather got in a rowboat, and he rode. He was a, maybe one of the first guys to do it from from Newport to Catalina. Uh huh. You know, I don't even know, like the 30s or something, and and so. Um, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, whatever. Family likes to play, and so yeah. so I like to play too. It's in your DNA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard too, like um, being married to people like us, because my wife's like, 
originally it was like, uh, I don't feel like I'm enough because you're constantly like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And I was like, no, I want you to come with me. Right. And like, let's go do this together. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, now as we get older, it's like, I'm going a hundred percent into this or a hundred percent into this or like jujitsu. Right. Or like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just everything yoga or, or whatever it is. It's like a hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah, it's weird because I always thought like I never wanted to be a husband, but then I kind of realized like it's such a <laughs> negative word, but like you're going to be a husband football player, right? You can't play football for the rest sure. of your life and you're going to be a husband, whatever. So don't be a husband, just rechannel your energy yeah. into something positive. Like, I don't drink, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't really just... So anyways, I think that's, yeah, that's that's a big part of the, the calcul. I don't know, the formula for how obsessed we get with our stuff is yeah. like just having that desire to begin with. But So what would you say would be like some early obstacles? I mean, obviously you have the background in surfing, so you understand the ocean. Um, what would you say would be like early obstacles you had diving, like clearing or just trying to like find people yeah. to dive with was a big one for me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't even realize that I had some sort of problem with dairy, but I did. And, and um, so clearing was difficult for me when I first started diving and, um, and, and I dove a lot. Like I, I would dive every day, like, you know, right. right? Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, and then I noticed every time I was diving, God, I had all this congestion and stuff that would be in my mask. And then all of a sudden, after diving a bunch of consecutive days, like maybe more than a month of consecutive days of diving, and um, I just noticed there wasn't as much of that phlegm and shit coming up. And then I, you know, I started correlating. So I don't know if I have some sort of problem with dairy or if that's a normal thing for most people. But I cut dairy out completely and. Um, and then now, like, I don't have to touch my nose or anything. I can just clear. And I found that I think there's a lot. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but I just know for me personally that um, when my sinuses were clear, I, I just didn't have to push so hard to clear. And um, yeah. and it just uh, diving to any kind of depth was was uh, was easier. You know, and I know, you know, people take Sudafed and things like that. But diet actually was one of the things that it kind of showed me that, hey, this dairy's not helping you, right. you know, equalize and, and go to the places that you want to go to get a fish. And and um, so anyway, that that was one of the that was one of the obstacles uh, initially. And then um, and then yeah, there was just not a lot of people. I mean, we're talking about probably 1991, and um, there wasn't a lot of people that were diving. Yeah, you know. So we would. Uh, I there was a friend of mine, Chris Lind, who got super into uh, diving at the at the same time and. So we used to do a lot of diving together, but I would go by myself too. And, um, and you know, so it was, it's, it's, it's amazing now to see what it's all blown up to, you know I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so it's just, uh, it, yeah, that's, uh, as far as other obstacles, well, the obstacles of like, you know, the guns, the, the guns they sold just weren't worthy of the fish that we were trying to get. Right. So, so we had to make our own guns. I and think that's what led me to your house that day. I shot yeah. a white sea bass with a three band, like, I don't know, a rail gun, and the shaft, like, went in about an inch. Was and like I was so lucky. crushed because <laughs> I've been looking for those things for so long. And yeah. then I went and got to it, and it just took ripped off. out. Yeah. And then I asked you, I was talking to you at the fuel dock. That's another thing. You're on the Harbor Island fuel dock, so yeah. if you need fuel, go there. <laughs> uh, I remember I was talking to you, you were like, come over, and, like, I'll yeah. show you, like, yeah. 
Well, we made a lot of guns that didn't work. Right. And so, anyway, where we ended up was I just started. I, um, it's, they're a copy of the old attic guns, which are the guns that Wally Potts used to make. I just started putting more volume, which was the first gun I ever made, was an exact copy of what Wally made, and I used Wally Potts's mechanism yeah. and his reels, and then we had to go get the spears made and yeah. the tips, and 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 so it was. Uh, so you went over to Wally's house. Yeah, right? yeah, we went mm -hmm. over and bought. He he would sell slide rings, and he would sell the mechanism. And, uh, and then you, you know, design your gun. And I looked at what he had and I was like, oh, that looks great. And so we, we made, uh, we made the guns as he had had them. And, uh, and I think at that time, Bob Johnson was making the reels. And so we went up to his house up at Claremont Mesa. And there was just like this sort of little underground network that, um, that you had to know, or you were going to the store and buying some gun that wasn't really going to shoot much more than a calico, right. you know? And yeah. so you, you kind of had to get into the into this little circle, and I just sort of fell into it. And uh, and then how did you fall into it? Like how did you meet the guys like Potts and and um, Jack? Yeah. Well, I was neighbors with Jack, but that was much later. Mm -hmm. um, but I was here in Sunset. Course, yeah, he or? lived over by Point Loma High School, oh, okay. and I lived literally right across the street okay. for for two and a half years or so. Yeah. And. Uh, and that was right when I was designing and trying to find the right gun and, and, and playing with different stuff. And so I'd go talk to him and he would give, you know, because those guys really had done everything. I mean, that, yeah. like I'd have some idea and I would go, I would go over to their house and I'd say, hey, what do you think? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I've done that before. Let me show you how. And then they'd tell me how it worked out for them. And, yeah. and, uh, and and so but they had different they had kind of different philosophies too and and uh, so it's interesting to have both those guys to be able to talk to but how i originally uh got into the circle of of people was actually a uh, there's a guy cliff Sorensen from solana beach who um wes andrews he was he was buddies with a guy named wes andrews who was part of that old guard of of uh, spearfishing guys uh -huh. You know, yeah, not as old as Wally and Jack, but you know, yeah, and um, and there was just a small group of guys, and if you didn't get close to those guys by some stroke of luck or something, then you really didn't even kind of know what the hell was going on, you know. Yeah. And so I met Cliff, and he showed me this picture of this this uh, big black sea bass he'd speared, and I was like, holy crap! And then he showed me his gun, I'm like, oh man! And so that's how it. Uh, so Cliff, so then Cliff was like, "Oh, you're interested." He saw I was all fired up, and and uh, and so then. How old were you at this time? Eh, twenty-one. Yeah. You know, probably yeah. twenty, twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Just yeah. Somehow, you know, whatever life just pulls you a certain way, and I was into it, and so I just I don't even ask why or why you know why am I doing this or where the hell am I going? I just went and um, and anyway, so that's. Uh, that's that's how I got into that little network of people, and then um, and then we started making guns, and and we made a variety of different guns until we finally got to the model that, yeah. that basically you saw. Yeah. You know yeah. where it's a bigger gun. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand, early two thousand. It was probably eighteen, you know, maybe more than that now. Eighteen years ago. I yeah. Think, and I brought that gun home. Yeah. And my wife was like. What, what the, the hell <laughs> are you going to do with that? Shoot a whale? <laughs> That's what I used to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but this thing shoots, and I used it on the trip last week in Baja. 
I was like, this thing shoots so straight yeah. with a big enough shaft. Yeah. I know when I pull the trigger, I'm good. Yeah. Like, but it's all up to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing is there's been times where I've had big fish go by and there's just every, every spear fisherman knows how, what a sick feeling it is when you think of all the time and hours and that you spend in the water yeah. Yeah. and then that big one comes by and you have the wrong equipment. Yeah. And so I thought, I'm not going to have the wrong equipment anymore. Yeah, and in some ways it can cost you your life if you're not careful. Like I shot a probably like a 80 pound ish dog tooth with yeah. a reel um, <laughs> because I was on the reef and there wasn't supposed to be dog tooth. There. Right. I was yeah, no one told the dog tooth. Yeah. <laughs> and it showed up and I thought I was so stupid. I remember diving down and I was like, don't shoot it don't shoot it. And I kind of like to play around when I see fish like that, I like to dive down just to see how they react. I think you were telling me a story years ago about swimming with white sea bass, just like put the gun. Like yeah, then shoot them. Just, yeah, just, just to, want see, to see how they reacted to movements. So. Yeah, and that's how you learn too. Yeah. So like I dove down on this dog tooth and like a true predator, like not afraid, swam right up to me and then the good idea fairy popped in my head. <laughs> like, oh, just stone him. What yeah. could possibly go wrong? And I yeah. shot him and then I was like, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah. And he started taking line and I thought, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have to lose my gun and everything, you know? Was it tied off at the end or did you get spooled? I got, I started to get spooled but it wrapped around a coral head about oh. 93 feet. And I thought, oh, my buddy was gonna dive down and put another shaft in it. And I had a double flopper um, and a shark came up to it and that thing fought so hard and ripped the flopper off, oh. the other flopper, yeah. and both bent the shaft, of course, and right. it just took off. Wow. And I hit it, I was going for the head and I hit it right here in the jaw and it was doing a cough. Hmm. And then I come to find out um, through target practice with that gun, unlike the guns we first made, it was too light in the nose so I was shooting it and it was kicking the muzzle Kick flip yeah. and it was going low. Uh-huh. So huh. had I put the time in before I might have maybe stoned it, who knows? But yeah. Yeah. Well actually and that brings up a good point. The first where um when we started making these guns, you have to obviously test the gun. Because if you just yeah. make a gun and you go out in the water, that's yeah. that's not the time to be that's, like, no. Yeah. So we'd get like old milk cartons and, and a and a lead weight and stick it in a pool and and uh, we'd measure out like fifteen feet off the end of the gun, twenty feet and you can learn more in like two hours of shooting at a target in the gun. I mean, that thing will become, you know, like a laser. An if, extension. If, if you, yeah, yeah, you just, so then you just take that, all the guesswork of, of how to line, you know, sight the thing just goes out and then. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it's funny, you got I'm so it. glad you said that because yeah. like I, somebody told me that a while ago too, that you can learn more in an hour of shooting in a pool than you will an entire season. For sure, or and years. <laughs> I feel like my gun, I wasn't hitting anything with this gun that I made. And yeah. I was like, no, what's going on? And I put, I figured out I was shooting low in like three hours. I tried all the different bands, all the different shafts. I had multiple people shoot the gun, so it wasn't just me. Uh -huh. um, and then come to the conclusion is shooting way low because yeah. of the flip. And I put two ounces of lead in the nose. And now I feel like I cannot miss with that gun. Yeah. It's just like point and shoot and yeah. it's a laser. Yeah, and the, yeah. and the guns vary too, on because you don't actually like a like a gun. You have a sight, but these right. don't have sights, so yeah. you're you're sighting like over the bands and out there yeah. or whatever. And it's like it's really point or shoot, like and yeah. then like with the mid handles, like the one we made, where it's like line up the 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 lateral line of the fish with the gun, mm -hmm. you know, because you don't want your face there when that thing kicks. Like, right. Yeah. I made that mistake. Yeah. 
filming with one hand going, oh, this, I should be good, and then boom, getting drilled in the chin at 50 feet, you know, <laughs> like dumbass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, so we started playing around. That's when we started realizing that we could get much more effectiveness out of the guns that we were building. Right, so you start scaling them down and just trying to fine tune them, or? Well, back in the day, like, well, you know, yeah, it was like, I don't know, there's a lot of details with it, but, but basically, yeah, they just, you know, we're shooting like three bands and, and now, you know, I shoot six bands. I mean, and, and, and I shoot a 20 pound gun and um, with six bands because- Did you make it or? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and uh, because I, you know, and it's wood and then we, we uh, so obviously it's gonna float too much if it's all just wood. So we inlay, you know, so yeah, we melt lead. down the, the lead and then we, we put that inside the gun where you can't see it and uh, between laminations. And, um, and so it's, it's pretty weightless in the water, but, um, but what, what I found, which I really liked, was that there was little to no recoil, even with six bands. So, yeah. cause I didn't like, you know, the, cause I made some guns that were small and when you put a lot of power on them, there's a lot of recoil. And, um, and so I went to uh, the, the idea and what I saw with the advantage with the bigger guns is that you take the recoil just out of it and uh, and and so obviously just intellectually it just makes sense that it's gonna the spear's gonna go further because you're not absorbing right it's just going that way more instead of yeah. the power coming back too right? right so you're getting a you're getting better distance and and then um, and and so that's I don't know I haven't had a reason to change you, you know shoot a three eight shaft yeah. yeah yeah and I was shooting a five sixteenth for a little while and then I was like done three eight yeah yeah the the how long is the gun? Like, how long is the, like the... I think it's about, it's uh, 60, 60, 62 inches. Okay, so yeah. it's like kind of similar to the one that uh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's similar. Yeah. Yeah, and then we started doing different things, like getting like a plastic track that we would inlay on it, so, you know, yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. the wood or whatever. Right. So there's little tweaks that we have made here and track, there. You can do that, or yeah. like a high molecular or whatever track that they route out and slide in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because um, it's still evolving. And yeah. It's like, but now I feel like it's so specialized, it's evolving into like what works for you. Right? Yeah. Because like everybody always asks, what's the best mask? It's like the one that fits your face. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like even the guns like that too, like just the one that you like. Yeah. You know, like I made my own, the last couple of builds ago, I made a tea candle and I just, I'm left-handed, so I just made yeah. it, you know, to, to fit your left hand. hand. Yeah, and it's like it just literally feels like wow, this thing is just the angle is perfect. By bringing mm -hmm. it up straight, it's linear and everything is perfect. But um, yeah, it kind of sucks because your buddies are right-handed. You're like, this is really awkward. Like, trying to shoot it, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. There's, um, With spearfishing, there's almost kind of like two mindsets to it. I have a friend that's a professor at the university, and he's like a he's not like a Neanderthal. Mm -hmm. Like where I tend to kind of be sometimes Neanderthalish, yeah. I would say, but he's very uh, calculated and methodical about everything. And his whole thing is trying to figure out the piece to the puzzle, like understanding the fish, how sure. to get the fish, how to hunt it, certain things. Right. Like, which is pretty awesome because that's that hunting side, right? Like, and it seems like all of us kind of have uh, the same two components of you know, the drive to do something and, and then the hunting side. And like, some of us may have a little more than the others too. Yeah. And it's just weird uh, how that all works out, but it all works out, so. Well, there, I, you know what's interesting, I think it relates to what you're talking about is there was a study that was done 
about whatever people that were highly educated and why aren't they typically um, as far as how do you rate a success standard right? right and so why aren't the people that are highly educated most successful there's a lot of people that don't have this higher education or whatever right there's plenty of the people that haven't done that that are very successful and what they found is that uh, a lot of people when they get to a certain education level they're afraid of stuff they don't know and so it's right. the, so it's the yeah. caveman that'll just jump into the fire and figure a way out that's that is the one that figures out that is the one they actually say that percentage wise you have you will have more success being that guy than you will be the guy that He's studies something forever and has this degree and whatever all that stuff and but now is sees so many pieces of the puzzle that they don't know which one to put in first and they're afraid to jump into the fire and just you know sort of brawl their way out yeah you know what I mean and so there's a certain amount of uh, well you learn so much so there's there's one for the caveman yeah <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like so, this right now. Yeah, there's something to be said yeah. for just jumping in the fire and going, you know what? I'm not ready, but uh, I'm not going to die. So what the hell? Let's do yeah. this, you know? And that's and that's that uh, that's that attitude of, of just not having having the fear. Now, I'm not saying be reckless and, you know, just blindly run into things. Right. Of course, running into things with some intelligence has a certain, you know, you get less bumps on the head that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so you want to, you want to have a balance of both is what it is. Cause right. you can be, you can be the guy that's highly educated or whatever, that's afraid to, to make a move or, yeah. and you can be the guy that doesn't have any education that jumps into the fire and can't figure his way out. So you, you know, somewhere well, in the it's, middle. It's you funny wanna, about that because yeah. the last trip I did was uh, with a friend of mine who's an ER trauma guy, UCLA Medical Center, mm -hmm. and he's never spearfished before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, well, choose your weapon, choose wisely. Like, what do you want? He goes, he's like, I want the pole spear. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's gonna be a tough one, you know? Yeah. But I think it, what it is is the, uh, the art of learning and the people that stay like, are aware of how to learn and so don't get have an ego always be flexible as Bruce Lee would say mm -hmm. and he just got in there and shot three fish like his first day ever spearfish he had like scuba fins on <laughs> he rented them from some dive shop yeah. I was like bro I could have had fins there to get you and he went in there and he was like I just really love like the the methodical part of trying to figure out how to take this thing and kill that thing with right. it and then eat it and he actually was like the killing thing really didn't, I didn't really like that at first, mm -hmm. but now that I see the big picture of it, it's not, you know, um, it's very, um, from start to finish, it's very primitive, pure at the same time, and it's all part of the process, and there's no like disrespect or anything like that. So it was just funny that I was surprised this guy is so educated, spent, you know, 10 plus years in medical school, he's a specialist, mm -hmm. and then he chooses the three prong, just, you know, yeah. the hard, I think it's pretty hard. Yeah, like, yeah. And, yeah. He, and he killed it. And I yeah. was like, wow. Yeah. You're like a walking poster child for this whole uh, Baja trip thing. Like, yeah. It's just incredible. But uh, he went on your last trip? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And uh, yeah. like, I just brought some, some friends that were just not, they were just kind of new to spear fishing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see how, what they thought. So I kind of get an outside. Uh, look at something to see if this be something you guys would like to do. And mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you've been all over the world surfing, and then to not to change subject here, but I guess we're changing subject. Been all over the world surfing, and by being all over the world surfing, you're in these spots now where 
there's fish, you're in the ocean, and like some of the most, I think your West Oz story was pretty wild with going to West Oz. Where we saw a guy, we saw a guy get attacked by a shark. Yeah, and then also you were diving. You oh, with the tiger shark? With the tiger shark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, you throw yourself, uh, you know, it's weird. I never asked Tell why. Ecosystem I, I never asked why. I yeah. just jumped in. I said, this is what I do. Yeah. So I never asked why. And so if you're, you know, you just, you just, you knew that you were jumping into the lions then, let's say, and, and, uh, so exciting things can happen. And, uh, and I just always figured I'd be able to fight my way out, I guess. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, when you're younger, you do, you know, you have this sense of invincibility or, yeah. or that everything's worth it. It's worth it to do this deep dive. It's worth it to battle a shark for my fish, or it's worth it yeah. to jump into a dangerous situation because I'm just interested in this, in, in what happens here. And, and I, right. I, I want to firsthand look at it, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah, for some people that looks crazy. I get it. Right. But, but we're all drawn by different things. Yeah. So I remember getting vortex by 200 pound tuna. My first time ever diving offshore for tuna. Like that was here, the bluefin. Yeah. And I remember getting vortex and it was just a moment where I was like, where they were like swimming around. You were just like all like, they were just swimming around me. Yeah. Like literally I was in the middle and the school was partying and going around. Okay. And I remember thinking like, this is like shit you see in National Geographic. Yeah. There. Yeah. There was probably a handful of people that have ever seen this. Like, yeah. This is kind of why I do this stuff. Yeah. I want to live life, and if I'm old and broken, um, you know, so be it. But I crushed it when I was here. Yeah. That's kind of the mindset. And then I was thinking too, like my kids. Uh, I want to get a world record. The only reason why I want to get a world record is so my kids can have it on my wall at my house. Yeah. So my grandkids would be like. Grandpa wasn't full of shit. Like, this guy is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I just, yeah. and it's like, that's kind of what I thought about that Surfer's Journal article that they did on you, uh -huh. which was an amazing article, by the way. So Google it, Colin Smith. I don't know if you saw on internet or not, but um, it was like, what a, I never wanted to be famous at all. That's, and I'm not, fam not saying I'm famous now, but I never wanted the publicity. But I feel like for your family, it's kind of cool to see like, yeah. hey, you know what, like your grandpa was this, or your dad, yeah. you know, your dad. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because I think, you know, hopefully I get to show all that stuff to my kids and then they too can go jump in the ocean and, you know, yeah. and experience it. Yeah. I feel like outdoorsmen are so much more knowledgeable than, um, the way things flow in ecosystems than even like biologists at the time because we've seen it. Like diving in the kelp out here in Point Loma, that place is a ghost town. Like with calicos, like mm -hmm. I remember even just scuba diving at work and looking and I was like, where the hell are all the fish? Like this yeah. milky eco eco ecosystem and uh, there's just nobody home. Yeah. Like, it's just been so overfished. It seems to be. Yeah, how do you feel about the whole like marine protection areas and all that stuff like what's your thoughts the on MLPA that? stuff yeah. uh you know i i uh i think that it's hard to have you know a tangible number on how many fish are there but yeah. i think you can you i think that you would be sticking your head in the sand to say that there's no impact on you know when right. there's boats out there fishing the shit Twice out of it right you see it probably from your porch just like, right yeah but i don't know what that impact right. means and i don't know what it translates into but you know then you go up to 
whatever North County where there's there's not many cattle boats, there's not many there's not much in the way of commercial fishing. Yeah. I would say they got rid of yeah. gill nets a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, and I have to say, this is not science, but this is just you know some Common just sense. one diver sticking his face in the water for years. Yeah. Is that when they got rid of gill nets, we started seeing a lot more fish. Now is that a coincidence? Yeah. I don't know. There's some reality to the idea that these nets were taking a lot of fish. Now, I don't know what that, I can't, I can't quantify that exactly. What does that mean? Right. I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that I started, that we started seeing a lot more fish and maybe it was a cycle because there's something to do with cycles. Until right. whatever, six years ago, nobody had this bluefin <laughs> stuff here either, right? right? Yeah. And then now, and like Wahoo, you know? Right. Well, I remember you said you shot. I like, shot one at Pukey. How big was it? It was like, I don't know, 50 pounds or something. Yeah, which. For me, it was very, it was, it was, I was, you know, it was a very special fish because, you know, I was diving where I dove for years for yellowtail, and, yeah. and here comes a wahoo, and I'm like, you gotta be out of your fucking mind. I mean, we never ever I remember dreamed about that, that back in the day. Like, I got years of diving, of like, of like, lots of time in the water of yellowtail and sea bass. That's it. Right. That's and what so, I tell everybody. Not even Dorado. No. Well, not islands. not at the islands. You right, know, I yeah. did shoot a bluefin though at the islands like a long time ago too. Like in the mid nineties, it was. Yeah. And it was it was like it was like a twenty five pounder or something, yeah. you know. But I was like, oh my god, and it like you know everyone's like, wow, bluefin, you know, woo. Yeah. And now it's just nothing. But back then, it was it honestly, it was a different time, and so you could call it. Fishermen always talk about cycles of uh -huh. of, and th of things. And, um, you know, I know 10 years ago or stuff. And I don't know how long those cycles are. I don't, I don't know either. Do either. And I've only been in the oceans like the 50s or whatever. Right. So maybe that cycle is 30 years. Maybe the cycle is 20 years. I mean, El Nino was what, like 82 or something? And then it was 97. Yeah. So maybe that's one cycle. I don't know. It's hard. That's, the, that's what I mean is it's hard. That, that aspect of it makes it very difficult. And I don't know how science is figuring out their end, and I don't know how the fishermen are figuring out their, their end. And so I don't know how to, you know, but I think where you can start to get closer to the truth is when you're talking about rockfish, slow grow fish that live right, right here all the time. Yeah. They're not pelagics, they're not moving. Right. Right, and so yeah. that's, that's where, um, you know, that's where I think it's a, so the MLPA stuff for, for that kind of, I don't have an argument to keep it open. Right. right. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Like I, and I don't mind if they would close it for a certain amount of time. I feel like there could be more communication with them saying, okay, we're going to close it for five years and then we'll open it up. We'll see where it's at. Um, but like, I know just from diving and I was like, good God, man. Like just using common sense. If you have the same boat on the same spot every day, twice a day, like, you know, a couple of those boats and you're taking, look at the fish counts. I know how fast those fish grow and reproduce. You can look it up. I don't see how that's possible to remember to, you know. Yeah. And I don't mind not holding off on diving a spot. If it means the greater good, I'll just go, go somewhere else and check it out. You know? Well, I think that's what's cool about spearfishing is we're basically going after pelagics. And yeah. so those are just fish that are transiting the area, whether it's tuna, whatever. I mean, nobody's yeah. out there that I know that's shooting rockfish or vermilion or whatever. Like any Some of people stuff. do, I guess. Do that. They, yeah. they start out that way. I think. But hell, if you're going down 100 feet to shoot a rockfish, God bless you. Good for you, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. we're not making a big enough imprint, uh, you know. No. There's so no, it's like, yeah, yeah, you took four fish last week. Right, you know, right. They took a thousand. Uh, I, 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 alone. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? well, I think it's good to have both. I think, yeah. you know, you got to have... 
you got to have equal representation on both sides because it's typically somewhere in the middle that is close is where the truth, the truth is, is yeah. right like if yeah. you close everything that doesn't work no. and if you, you know, but if you just let let it just you know everybody take whatever the hell they want right that probably isn't going to work either well, then i'm kind of sensitive to the fact too like you know a lot of jobs or people depend on those commercial yeah. for jobs and it's like without uh, giving them a voice or recognizing them, that's not fair to them either. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's like the government comes in and subs subsidizes them and take a year off or what. Yeah. But there's you know, definitely a bigger picture there, uh, not just one side, obviously. From when I first started at the Field Arc too, the just in general, com the commercial, local commercial fishing boats, yeah. there's a lot less. Really? Yeah. There's a lot less. There was a lot more of a lot of these guys you all know personally. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, and they just you know whatever. There's more regulation. There's more, you know, and I don't know whatever. I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad. I don't really know. I, yeah. I'm not looking at the science behind it. I'm not doing that. But I know that um, I can tell you the 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 uh, professionalism that's now brought to commercial fishing is higher. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, and you know, but. Yeah, that's just that's just kind of a whole other thing. But that's that's where for me as a, as a spear fisherman too, I just enjoyed the idea, and then you touched on it just briefly. But I've had times. I remember I had a good season, had plenty of fish, and I there was like I mean sea bass. It was like sixty foot visibility, and they were living, it was like they were raining out of the kelp. Like there was hundreds and hundreds of sea bass, and I just tucked my gun up under my chest and I would do dives, you know, and just and just kind of see how they reacted and I was yeah. just very, very slow moving and, and it was actually probably one of the things I remember the most. I didn't even shoot a fish. I swam with yeah. them for like an hour. Just kind of, just wanted to see how they reacted to me. <coughs> and the idea was just that, uh, was that, you know, I had plenty of fish at home, so I didn't need more. So I was just, and it's all yeah. play, right? You know, it's just like, it's you didn't play. lose if you come home without a fish. Yeah. You won. Like, you got to go out and go diving, right? It's yeah. rad. Like go stretch your lungs and have a good time. Yeah, I right? spent my time swimming in a kelp forest. Right. I think that's the hardest thing about blue water, though, is that if you don't see fish, yeah, you just rode around the ocean. It's so annoying. Yeah. But when you go in the kelp, it's like I yeah. literally just spent a day just snorkeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe I saw something cool like a bat race when I might. Yeah. The, the rougher days is like you said when you go out all day looking for a tuna and you never even get in the water. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's then like, you're like, sheesh. Okay, that one's a little harder. Hard swallow that was 200 bucks in gas yeah 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 but even if there's no fish around you can always stretch your lungs you can always you know look for different caves and whatever and, and play with yeah you know, and that's and that's a fun aspect of diving that uh you know i i don't i dive with this a small group of people and so i don't really know what most of the divers these days how they do it and what they do but but that's a part of diving that um that's i don't think that's the part of diving that got it popular I think the you know what I mean, just stretching your lungs and just enjoying being in the water. I think the I think part of diving, go ahead, is the fish, right? Yeah, it's like look at me with a big fish or whatever. I call it the dick measuring contest. <laughs> you know, it yeah, is what it is. Too. Who cares? Like, but you know, it's true. It's like you could go out and shoot a three hundred pound bluefin, and I know I could see this. I think kind of Brandon Wallers did this. I shot mm -hmm. my personal best dog tooth. Yeah, and I was like all proud of it. I was like, yeah, you know. And then I think he posted, because he was diving the same day in another part of the world, because the, the tide, mm. well, just uh, far away, but like another part of the world, but the tides and everything were similar, full moon. And uh, he shot his like 200 pound dog or something. And I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> and I remember like, I kind of joke around about it, but it's like, it's totally true. It's like, damn, I guess yeah. my fish isn't that special. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I think it's like a, a healthy, uh, it's a healthy, uh, uh, healthy competition, whatever. But yeah, you can shoot a three hundred pound bluefin. Some dude goes out, shoots the three sixteen. It's like we're going out tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah. Well, how many times just in the last? What well, since these bluefin showed up out of nowhere? Yeah. How many times has someone tried to put in paperwork for a world record and then it was broken the next week? Yeah. Like over yeah. and over and over again, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so. I, I don't think I, I I don't know I it's just fun yeah it's supposed that's, to be it's fun. supposed to be yeah the schlong measuring contest <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny because it's true it's like I remember uh, like well we all could be accused of it oh yeah right, for one yeah so we've all done it but then it's oh, just yeah. that you know then it's just funny when someone got something bigger did something rad or dove deeper you shot a bigger fish or whatever <laughs> it's just it's, can you laugh or does it ruin your day. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, right? Like, I saw, yeah. what was it? Uh, I guess, I don't know, Austin Deary. He does a lot of photo stuff. But uh, he's pretty popular. I think he's on the Rife, a Rife Diver. Okay. But he shot, last week, he shot two, um, two yellowtails. One was 40 and 30 at once. Uh, but really, I just got, like, my personal best, which is about 40. He just shot, like, two, basically. Yeah. Like, so it's just funny because uh, I feel like there's a group of guys that know accept what it is and they just play it you yeah. know what I mean like it's fun yeah it's supposed to be fun yeah and, you know what? and like we were talking about earlier where it was like I have so much yellowtail in my freezer I don't need to shoot any more yellowtail so even on the last trip to Baja I think you're talking about your most memorable experience was swimming with the white sea bass and for me it was diving down and just sitting on the bottom and having like a school like 20 pound yellowtail just circle me up getting closer and it was kind of like uh i just loved it i didn't yeah. put my gun down on the rock and i was yeah. just sitting there and i was like so cool yeah so cool yeah, yeah. Um, you'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing but as i've learned no matter where i've been whitetails can be damn tricky Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. So what do you think are some of your top trips you've ever done? Like surfing or spearfishing? So the uh, West Oz in the early 90s was, was incredible. Uh, when the spearfishing was, let's just say, exciting... It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like super productive. I would say. I mean, we yeah. shot some fish, yeah. but uh, but just how alive the ocean was and all the all the sharks and the intensity. You know, there was bait balls. Like you would look out. You'd, like I, we would be. We're we're up in like northwestern Australia surfing. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, and we would surf, and then and then you sit on the beach, and there was like fifty bait balls as far as you yeah. could see in every direction, with birds crashing and whales coming through and just you know gorging yeah. through through these giant bait balls and it was heavy and uh and um i became buddies with this guy scotty and we and he had a little tin boat then uh -huh. we, we went out and we'd troll around and catch some fish and and uh and then uh yeah i jumped in on a couple of those bait balls and it was it was pretty active pretty radical <laughs> and um and and they were <laughs> i think he actually took a picture of me i have it somewhere with me swimming up to the bait ball because he thought I was going to die and so he wanted it was going to be like the last picture. <laughs> he was going to have the last picture of me or something. But, uh, but you know, it's just, oh, you, awesome. you don't know what you don't know, right? Like yeah. now I've gotten, 
You know what we used to think was real, gnarly? Does your wife have a big like life insurance policy? Because <laughs> no. when I would go on my trips, the was she? Oh, yeah, she's like, like I'm doing maxing yeah. out the policy. Oh yeah, she's no. like for your Tahiti trip because right. I don't think you have the brain to like say I ran out of that and then not do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I reined it in a bit once I started having kids. You know, I was I, you right. know I reined it in a bit, yeah. but uh, but still, you know, you never know when accidents happen. But the one thing that I, that I do think that's cool about surfing and spearfishing I is, have to say, really? is that <laughs> is that uh, I was Colin's wife. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, the one thing that's cool about it is like you know the, the stuff that we used to think was gnarly. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. we, like I was one of the first guys to surf the box on, on like a pretty big day, yeah. you know, like kind of back then everyone was like, Oh, that wave's a killer and all this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, and now it's surface. like, it's nothing, you know, right. it's, it's like, you know, yeah, sure. It's a heavy wave or whatever, but it's nothing compared to what they do now. And so the progression of things, and I just, I just love that there's these young kids that pick up the torch and just freaking go, yeah. you know, and it inspires me to do more too. Cause I was like, right. God, I used to think I was, you know, it's like the dick measuring thing. It's like, ah, I used to think I was kind of gnarly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. nobody else wanted to do this stuff. Right. And now look what these guys are doing. Yeah. You yeah. know? Okay. No, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I remember just, I remember seeing uh, Ships Turns Bluffs for the first time in a magazine. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. Mark Matthews. Yep. And they were talking about like, Animal. they were talking about, uh, you know, the 18 foot great white that was there. Yeah. And then like, I remember seeing him draw and I was like, you, you can do that? Yeah. Like, I didn't think you could do that. Right. And I was actually the last place I surfed in Guam where I said, I remember if I don't make this, I'm probably going to go to the ER at a minimum. Uh, and I'm by myself. Yeah. My wife told me not to surf by myself anymore in these waves because I was yeah. telling how shallow it was. And I remember thinking, I just wish there was like a pro surfer here to show me like to see what's possible, what's possible, yeah, what's yeah. not. Because yeah. I know like obviously I am not at that skill level, but I feel like even with surfing slabs and going for heavy waves, 90% of it is mental because it's a drop. Okay. Yeah. And you're pulling into a barrel. Yeah. There's not like, there's not like, I'm not doing an error 360. I'm not I'm just literally timing the wave, dropping and getting barreled. You know? Yeah. So well, like, there was an old quote that Tom Kern had where it, it was about his season in Hawaii. He had some, he had the season in Hawaii where he was just charging like a maniac and it was yeah. noticeable. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he had this saying, and I'm going to butcher it a bit, but it was like, I actually was, uh, my intention this year was I was going to charge so hard that it actually made it safer because it's in the, I think it's actually in that hesitation. Yeah. Like if you decide you're going to do it, yeah. you, the hesitation has no room there, right? right? If you've already measured it and you've said, this is within the limits of what I think is acceptable. Yeah. Then hesitation is your enemy. Right. Hesitation is something you do. Well, hesitation is something you do that you figure that out before you get to the point where you got to make the decision. Right. Right. If you're there, if you're there, you won't have already kind of measured that because what I've found is, is the, 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 the gnarliest drops, the heaviest waves and the, you know, that kind of stuff that I've done. I didn't think I was going to fall. Like I was a hundred percent certain I was going to make it. Yeah. And I didn't care what that wave did. I was going to make it right. And even if I was in the lip going over, you know, and I got blasted on the reef, it wasn't because I didn't think I was going to make it, right. right? There was no hesitation no, on my part. You know what right? spot changed that? I saw you, I think we were surfing the slab, and I saw you fall, airdrop, like, land sideways, and then, um, you know, make it. 
And I remember I was like, wow, he's a big guy and he can make it. That's cool. There's hope for me. Like, seeing a lot of guys that are smaller. <laughs> yeah. But I also thought, like, dude, you that guy believed he was going to make it yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Where, and I noticed that in Tahiti when I was surfing in Tahiti and you could see the reef. And all of a sudden it was like, I made so many drops on that place that I would have never made it home just because I focused so hard that I knew if I did every, I knew I could do everything right. And I was like, you have to be completely focused where here I thought like, oh, I'm just going to jump because whatever, there's no consequence until you get that like significant consequences causes me like personally to like rise up and like either yeah. do it or don't do it. And yeah, I think that's what it is. I told my friend in Guam who's not the best surfer. He's like, Brett's, you're, you're really good, man. And I go, I suck. Like, I'm not that great at surfing. However, I go, it's it, the type of waves we're surfing here, it just requires you to be extremely confident. Like, I've been surfing my whole life. I know I can make a drop. Yeah. And either do it or don't. And like, and you can do the same thing, man. You're surfing, you learn to surf on a shallow coral reef. That's better than like 90% of the people out there. Like, yeah. it's confidence, you know? Yeah. And it's like that with dive. It's like that with anything. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to my next question of, now you're doing, and you sent it. You sent me the link. The website. Yes, the awakening trainings. Yeah. So, I guess that's kind of what we're talking about: is mindset that's and all this stuff. Same that's stuff. Yeah. And yeah. you sent it to me. You're like, a lot of people that know me don't think I would be into this. And yeah. It's the first thing I thought of when I watched the video, and it was like, oh, I was this, I was this, I was this, and now, and I was like, interesting. And then I, you sent that, and I kind of chuckled. I was like, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, Colin, like you got all your shit together. Like obviously you have the right mindset. What's up? so what's up? Well, there's always a different level. That's there's true. just always a different level. Whether you're you know strung out on drugs or you got some sort of horrific life based on all kinds of life experiences that have that you now have limiting beliefs. Right. Possibly it's 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 based on things that happened in the past and that's limiting you from moving forward. Um, all the way up to you know people that are very successful that are just looking for that next level. Yeah. So I think that. Um, you know, there's a there's a uh, an interesting saying that uh, you know how do you how do you judge your life, right? And 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 what what are we here for? Where you get into some of that stuff, and uh, and I love there was a psychologist that talks about everything in your life matters, everything you do matters, right. and if everything you do matters, then you need to look at it as if it matters. And a lot of times, what I found, and all that's what we've been talking about this whole, you know, for this for the last thirty minutes or so is we were talking about things that have been holding us back from diving deeper, charging a, a bigger wave or a more difficult wave or whatever, right? Well, now, then you just expand that. That's just, that's a small piece of the world, right? Very right. small. Then you start putting that out into other places in people's life. Because not everybody cares if they make a late drop or dive deep, right? right. So right. everybody's got something that they're trying to overcome. So what all we're really talking about is overcoming obstacles that are preventing you from living the kind of life that you want to live. And right. so that's what our training is about. And so the training, the training is just about helping people to, we, we have this process that we go through and, and what it does is it becomes uh, very obvious to the participant what has been holding them back from getting to that next step, whether it's that next level of success yeah. No matter which way you slice it, it doesn't even matter what it is. It could be. It doesn't matter what you're seeking in life. We're always trying to overcome the limiting beliefs that we have on ourselves is probably number one. Uh -huh. And then who you share, who you share your time with, that voice is a big deal too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. You know, like 
I mean, there's all kinds of science about this stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's not disputable. It's just, it's yeah. all grounded in full science, right? There's, yeah. there's, uh, you know, there's your, your, the monkey, they call it the monkey mind. You know, you have between 50 and a hundred thousand thoughts a day and 90% of the same as yesterday and 80% have some sort of negative connotation. Right. That, that's just, that's you, me and everybody. We yeah, all you know, share that. It's funny because my wife says you're so, you can be so negative like on yourself and look at things in a negative way. And that's like one of the things that I've been struggling my whole life just based on things yeah, that happen. I've seen that. I know that in you too, but because yeah. I've seen that too, because you're a big, strong, tough guy that's, that like charges and does all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. But that's that voice, right? That's that negative aspect of that voice. But here's the yeah. thing is that, 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 what we don't understand is, is that, that that voice is, is uh, associated to a thought and they actually, you can actually look and see neural pathways being formed, thoughts being uh -huh. formed in your brain. Your brain's a very sophisticated piece of machinery that creates thoughts based on experiences. Yeah. And what happens is, is that these thoughts get replayed, they get stimulated by life. Life stimulates them, right? right? And then your mind goes through this crazy analytical process where it says, where it says it goes through this big, oh my, when have we seen this before and what did we do that worked well? That's right. what your brain does with almost every situation. Yeah. And Interesting. It, and, then it, and then it goes, ooh, this one. And it somehow, that's how complicated and cool your brain is. And it goes, oh, this is kind of like when it happened 20 years ago or 10 years ago or whatever, we were in a similar situation and this is how we reacted. We like the outcome and so we're gonna play that pattern again. We're gonna do that again. So lately what I've had is like, because everybody has their demons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, With the, yeah, it's just thoughts. And it's your spouse that'll usually like call you on it. She'll expose them. Yeah. yeah, that's why and relationships are difficult. Yeah, and yeah. so she was like, she did something that took me all the way back to like college. Sure. And it crushed me in college. Yeah. And I remember, and I told her, I was like, we got in a big fight about it. Yeah. And then until I kind of broke down and told her, I was like, you made me feel like this. Yeah. And it, that's huge. Yeah. That, you, that just that you were able to make that association is big because what you're talking about is your mind is a pattern running machine uh -huh. and whatever impacts us the most in our life. Those are the, those create the largest neural pathways. So in other words, you're, you're almost always looking for that in the world. So when right. life stimulates, so the more you have a thought or the yeah. more traumatic the thought is, yeah. the more you're going to have that thought and the more that life, the less life has to do and the people around you have to do in order to stimulate that. So that's why if you have anger problems or yeah. if you have emotional problems, they're based on something that happened in the past that the life is stimulating this pattern of the past, this, this, this pathway from the past. Right. And so it's pretty wild, right? And so when you yeah, say, no, you're like, you're like, I'm like, maybe I gotta do this training, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. So dude. how, what, so what are things that you do to like mitigate these things? Is it more like, like kind of a counseling thing or no. like there's tools? Or so, there's, what, like, so that's the cool part about the course is it's an experiential course. Uh -huh. There's very little dialogue. The amount of dialogue that we just went over is probably about, because I do think that people have to be aware of how the game's being played. You have to know what's happening. Right. You're not, your behavior is based on a thought. So you're not your thought, you're not your behavior. You're neither one. If you change your thought, you change your behavior. Like that, right? right. So you have to understand that and you have to accept that. So when someone says, I have, uh, you know, I'm angry or I, no, you're not. You have a behave, behavior that manifests as anger. Yeah. But if you change the thought that, that is linked with the, with the, the anger, Right? Yeah. That's the whole purpose of psychology and psychiatrists and stuff like right. that is to defuse this stuff. Right. Well, we have a, in our course, we have a, a, a way of shortening that to, to very short period of time. In five days, we get to a place where 
uh, and it's experiential. So it's not me telling you. You yeah, actually it's feel the changes. It's your personal journey. Yeah. And that's why we call it the transformational journey. Right. So I'm just telling you what's happening. Take it or leave it. That's what's happening. Right. It can be backed up by science and whatever else you want, right? Yeah. You can say I'm full of shit. Okay, then go study, <laughs> go study and tell me where I'm wrong. Right. But, but I'm just telling you, I've, done, I've studied this stuff quite a bit because I'm very intrigued by it. You right. know, everything we were talking well, it about. It goes about, back to trying to better, you know. Yeah, just, just you know, how are you showing up? Forward. Are you always showing up? I, you know, I, I was like, holy crap, I'm showing up as like a minor bird. I have this... You know, like life does certain things and I, and I have an answer for it based on some past pattern. I want to be more conscious and aware th than that. Yeah. I want to be able to, to like if someone something new comes in my life, play with that a little differently than maybe yeah. I did in the past. Maybe the outcome will be better. Maybe it will be more beneficial. This is good, good man. I, I hope that people are listening and they can kind of like look at this too. Like, I mean, my wife always says you're like 98% the man in my dreams. 2%. <laughs> The worst, dude. Right. You know? Yeah. And I know exactly where that 2% comes. Dude. And I've tried to change it. You nailed it. And it's hard. Well, most of us, yeah. we have about five patterns. Yeah. Like we have a handful of patterns that are holding us back from getting to that really just huge next step of like, wow, my life got way better. Yeah. So, and it's really, it's not, you got 50% to go. It's a small number. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a handful of patterns, behaviors, okay. that, are, that you're running that she doesn't like or the world or whatever like right. that, that are holding you back from being more being better being yeah. whatever right yeah and so the thing that's the thing that's different and the reason why we took on this course because we have is is that it was very impactful in our lives we we did this course with the, with the people that did it previous to us uh -huh. in the early 2000s okay. and then they ran it for the last you know whatever almost 20 years and then they they just retired and they yeah. came to us and said hey do you guys want to do this and um, and it was so impactful in our lives that we're like hell yeah. I mean we don't need well, to do it. Well, it's funny because I think I don't know if we were filming yet, but it's like I feel like you're. Well, you, how old are you now? Like 50? I'm going to be fifty in December. Yeah, and I I just turned forty, and I feel like you're like ten years ahead of me at yeah. everything. And yeah. it's like, and it cracks me up because I think I saw you surfing the jetty one day, and you did an air or something, and I was like, there's still hope. Like this guy's <laughs> ten years, he's still progressing. I want to keep progressing. But I see you like always progressing and all, you know, for the most part, like I, you know, I see the kids through the social media or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, damn, dude, I got to get on this. Like, because what I notice is like, you're like the, the dude leading the charge on a lot of things. And it's like, and it, it was weird because I, I got into yoga to help like with injuries and yoga is very boring to me. Yeah. But it's a necessary evil if you want to keep doing the things that you want to do. Yeah. It's the only thing I found that was like really helped me. Yeah. Um, and I think I saw you, you like lost a bunch of weight. You're all yeah. a fan and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm doing yoga and Carrie's like, yeah, he does it like twice a day. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this guy is so funny because everything I'm kind of figuring out, you're, you're like just a, a little step bit ahead. ahead. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's funny. It's like an age thing or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, Yep. Really interesting to me, so I love like well, here's your the, input on things. Well, here's the thing: is that if you're if you're the kind of person that's ever evolving, yeah. right, and you're trying to be better, right, as you should. I mean, yeah. You should. Well, be if everything in your life matters, you right, let's go back to that. If everything in your yeah. life matters, every moment in your life matters, yeah. that doesn't mean doing the same thing over and over again. That's actually right. the definition of insanity: right. is doing the same thing and over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. Right. So the idea to me is like start embracing different aspects of your life. You, you know, it doesn't mean you're turning your back on something or whatever, but there's a lot of cool stuff out there. And, and you'll find that as you start to welcome other things in your life, that all kinds of cool things come with it. There might be some stuff that you're not into that comes with it too. Yeah. So you adjust. You yeah. adjust. We're very good at adjusting. Everybody, you know, can, 
can just go decipher whether they like it or not, and right. they just make a move. But well, you're that's never, the funny thing about right? Change is it's always happening. Yeah. So you can either like whether you there, whether you like it or not, you better <laughs> adapt and overcome. And animals that they don't adapt, they die. Yeah. Entire species. Right. So like I was telling my buddies in Guam about the behavior of the people. Yeah. Um, you know, I was like, well, listen. I mean, if you live in a nice place and there's fish declining, you have to change. You have to shift what you're doing. Sure. If you want to survive. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You got to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, the, what you're what you're receiving, and that's the thing. So our course is really about you. We've talked to you know. I just talked to you, we talked a little bit about how, the patterns of the mind, right. and, and so those patterns are what you're putting out to the world, right? Yeah. So the world is is answering in a certain way, yeah. right? So if you change the way you show up in the world, and this is where it's just crazy the amount of difference that we'll see after just a five days in the course is that the people get so much benefit from the course that they start putting different things out in the world and they just can't believe how cool the world's responding to right. what they're putting out there. Yeah. And that's the, the, the purpose of the training isn't to get people to follow us or for us to create. It's about each person to realize that the change that you're looking for comes from within you and you, and you will not only make your life better, but yeah. the people around you well, well, you're making their lives better too. Your kids, your wife, the people that are close to you, right. because they're the ones that are going to notice right away. Holy crap! Like, wow, yeah, you're like what you used to get pissed yeah. off at this yeah. is like now. Oh. Now you're just taking it like no big yeah. deal. And so that's the uh, that's the passion that we have for this course. I can tell you, it's a lot of work and a lot of effort on our part, but yeah. we do it because the impact that it made on us and thousands of other people that did the yeah. course before us. And so we're continuing to do this as a way of, of trying to get people to realize that they're much more than they think they are what, and that it's the within their grasp. Is there, um, well, I can put the link on there too, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, uh, is it on Carrie Lee Smith now, Carrie, or is it transformational? Oh, she's, she's busy. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> what is it? It's, uh, the awakening, awakening, the awakening trainings. That's yeah. yeah the awakening yeah. trainings. Okay. Yeah. But it's very cool. specific. Um, yeah. like the way you spell it and all that stuff. So yeah, but it's it, what's cool about it is it's a very short period of time. And that's the other part is 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 that you can go to a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. Yeah. And you can do all kinds of stuff for like a year or two. This is like I'm telling you, dude. There's like a massive amount of shit, shit change that happens in a short period of time. Because yeah. we're not trying to string anything out. And we're not trying to make anything longer than it has to be. Right. And so what's cool about it is that is that it happens in such a short period of time. And all, you, all it really does is it clears a lot of these patterns and a lot of these behaviors, yeah. and it makes it so clear to you, to you, not me telling you, right. you see it, how these, don't, these haven't been benefiting you, and you have an answer now of how to not repeat these anymore. And so it's really a point of redesigning your life from a very clear, conscious way, and it's much easier to do that. So, I mean, that's... that's uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a, it might sound like some sort of sales thing. I'm not a salesman. I just believe that in this shit because no, I've experienced right. it. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I'm trying to, and I'm really illustrating that it's grounded in science because it is. And, and that, uh, I mean, I honestly feel like it's so beneficial and, and we've done, you know, we've been doing the trainings now for a couple of years. And at the end of the week, you just can't believe the, the transformation that ha happens with people. And we didn't do anything other than operate this course it all came from with them within right. them yeah. and we're all about them acknowledging that you're the one that put it put the work in you're the one that did this and you're the one that continue can continue this when you get out of here we don't want any dependency at all this is about this is about getting people to break down the barriers of their life 
and being able yeah. to move forward, making their lives better, and consequently well, and everybody the funny in their thing life. about that exactly is that it benefits everybody. everyone. Yeah. To put people in your community, and this is what I get when I coach football too. It's like, yeah. dude, I go, raise your hand if you're going to go to the NFL. I go, guys, probably none of you. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> so why are we out here? We're out here to learn teamwork, to learn perseverance, work ethic, and yeah. work in groups, uh, and to learn that it's not all about us. It's about the overall the thing. Collective. Everybody, yeah. yeah, the collective. Yeah. And so that's what I try to tell them all the time, too. Yeah. Um, right. But, I mean, yeah, who do you want in your community? Yeah. Do you want a bunch of raging asses? Like, because yeah. I have my moments, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's like, but it, yeah, it's like, who do you want in your community? So it just makes sense that, like, God, it'd be so cool to live. And I lived in... You know, I, I spent a lot of time away, and I can tell you, like, the group of people you're around will make that deployment or whatever it is. Good, and good or not. not. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, just, and you see it on a much smaller scale, so it wouldn't be great if everybody around you. Well, that's one of the things, too, is environment stronger than willpower. Yeah. So who you who you place yourself with right. and, and where you decide to, to, to place your, your awareness and your time and your attention and the people that you decide to hang out with and the activities you do, that determines the outcome of your life. And sometimes right. it's hard to see the things that we're doing that are destructive, right? Or that yeah. or, or not even they don't have to be dis destructive. They can just be like not leading us where we want to go. Right. Like it can be super destructive. Or it can be, you know, like why am I doing this? Like, you know, right. but it you have to have a real space of clarity in order to be able to see this and be able to really take that take that step into a new direction that's going to lead you out of this place that you don't really want to stay stuck in. Right. You know? So yeah. it's interesting because our whole conversation is, is kind based of on into that. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Because, and it really, it, it just, uh, it's the way life is. You know, it's the way life is. We're, the next generation is supposed to do shit in our later. They're right. supposed to go to that next level. They're supposed to do more. They're supposed to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, right. is you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm supposed to keep continue. Not right. say that I'm weak now, or I'm 50, right. or I can't do it, yeah. or I'm, I don't want excuses. My thing now is, is like as I get older, I'm going harder. I yeah, want to go I'm harder. Smarter now. Yeah, I want to. I want. I have. You have the certain amount of experience. Yeah. Right. So and that you're making your decisions. So you're making smarter decisions. Right. But there's a certain amount of just straight grunt effort of just overcoming pain and obstacles and working out whatever right. that you just you can never get away from that and you got to keep going well for me it was like you know last trip was like it was like it's a 14 hour drive and i'm like i don't give a shit it's what it is yeah yeah let's do it yeah and in the end will be you know good stuff. the rewards at the end yeah well how often is a reward easy Right? right. Yeah. It isn't. No. No. So it's over. Shoot world record fish. You better go off the grid and find some Jurassic Park areas if you can. Um, and then you know what? It's also kind of nice just to push yourself. It makes me feel yeah. young. Yeah. It makes me feel um, like you know. It gives me a goal, right? So so much in life when you're younger, you're always working out for like a goal, whether it's surfing or yeah. like I always worked out. And then when you graduate college or you're done playing whatever it is or it's over you, a knee injury, it's like now what? What am I gonna work out for? Yeah. You know, just work out for the insane shit that you love to do. Yeah. Just find out what that is and go for it. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. We'll call I wanna thank you yeah, yeah. so much man yeah. for having me. Such good stuff to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Um That's fun. and uh yeah, we'll put the link on the uh on uh, the YouTube website and yeah. also on the website. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll get it up there. Yeah. But I appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Go get yours. All right, guys. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Pursuing
wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.